Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today, it is the 27th of April, 2022. And on today's show, we'll discuss the Nationals' 5-2 loss last night against the Miami Marlins. Kind of what it means, because last night's loss, a lot of things manifested uh, that, you know, there is some positive, but there is a lot of negative that ended up keeping the Nationals from winning the game last night. We'll talk Josiah Gray's performance. We'll talk about the offense and the base running as well. We'll also touch on Luis Garcia. Is it time to make the call and bring him up to the major leagues? Is that is something the Nationals, you know, really should explore at this moment in time? All that and more coming up on today's show. Daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast, 27th of April, 2022. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. I'm out of town this week. I'm in Kansas City, so that's why the setting is a little bit different behind me. You've got Yoda uh, back there. I think there's a little teddy bear action right there. Uh, so that's why the setting is different. Still have a Yeti mic, so a little drop in sound quality, but hopefully not too much. <clears throat> All right, so let's get to it. We had the Marlins uh, five, Nationals Two, and as I usually do after we do these podcasts, always check in on the Nationals, where they are in the division, what's going on. They're 6-13. and 13. Uh, They are eight games back of the first place New York Mets. Uh, they have lost six straight games or 2-8 and eight in their last 10. They are a uh, two and a half games behind the Phillies, two and a half behind the Braves, three and a half behind the Marlins, and once again, eight behind the New York Mets, who are already out to a four-and-a-half game lead. And the uh, second-largest lead right now behind them is two games. The Twins are 9-8. and eight. They're two games up on the Guardians and the Kansas City Royals. Uh, the Nationals right now are the furthest back of any team in the league. The second team is the Reds. They're, they're seven-and-a-half back of the Brewers. But not really too relevant for a lot of the conversations that we're having here Last night's game is what we're talking about, 5-2 to two loss. And uh, first, let's start with Josiah Gray. So I previewed this series with Peter Pratt, the host of Locked On Marlins. And we talked a lot about the pitching for the Marlins, how consistent their pitching has been, how inconsistent the Washington Nationals pitching has been. But I did say, hey, Josiah Gray, you know, that's actually a legit guy. Like, that's the one guy you watch when he starts. You're like, okay, the Nationals might have something here. They might have a guy who's going to end up being a pretty decent starter, pretty decent player, uh, you know, and, and, and somebody that can trust in the rotation. Obviously, big part of that Max Scherzer trade. Well, we kind of got the full Josiah Gray experience last night, in my opinion. Five and two-thirds, seven hits, four and runs. 10 Ks in 98 pitches. Now, I think the last run that scored, just go to that first. Um, I think Alcides Escobar has to have that ball, and we'll get to Alcides Escobar here in just a bit. But 
I think Alcides Escobar has to grab that baseball. I don't think there's any excuse for him not grabbing that baseball. Uh, you know, he, he kind of went up in the air, like a little soft, you know, jump and tried to catch it, couldn't bring it in. And then obviously after that run scores um, to me. So to me, you know, it should have been probably three runs on the evening, but th- this is, you know, Josiah Gray, every single start for him is a learning experience. I thought last night was a difficult night to pitch. Now it might be difficult for offenses because it's cold, but I thought it was a difficult night to pitch also because it was raining as well. Tough to get a grip on the ball. And I thought he was pretty, you know, pretty strong, obviously good command when you get the 10 Ks did have the three walks. Um, so I thought, you know, a lot of the pitches for the most part looked sharp. He had misses, but you know, I, I want to compare him real quickly to Max Scherzer. Is he anywhere near as talented as Max Scherzer? Will he end up as good of a player or pitcher as Max Scherzer? Probably not, no. But Max, you know, uh, even later into his career, has been known for some of those starts where he'll still give you high strikeout numbers, he'll keep you in the game, but he'll surrender some bombs. Last year, the first game that they played last year on the, the 6th of April, six innings, five hits, four runs, all earned, all solo home runs with nine Ks. Kind of sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? And then also an outing later on in the year, and it's an uh, 8-7 win. Seven innings. This is over the Padres on the 18th of July. Uh, seven innings, four hits, four runs, uh, all earned, two home runs allowed, uh, 8Ks, right? And then so you know, this, is, this is a trend that Max has had at times. And then go back to 2020. This was really something that did plague Max Scherzer a bit in the 2020 season. You know, he had a game on the 26th of September, just going through the box scores here. Six hits, three runs, all earned. Two homers, seven Ks. Uh, you know, five and a third, nine hits, six runs, all earned. Two homers, two walks, 10 Ks. You know, and there's a lot of examples of this happening. In a game of three home runs, that was the one against Baltimore, where in the 2020 season, they left him in far too long. So these things happen. Um, and it's just his 17th start. You know, I meant, they mentioned that yesterday on the broadcast. 17th start for uh, Josiah Gray. So still a young player, still a guy who's getting accustomed to pitching you know, consistently in the big leagues, being a guy every fifth day. I know he had goals going into the season, but probably not going to hit those goals in terms of innings pitched and things like that. But still, I thought there was a lot to to like last night. Now, I will say this is, you know, having a bad hair day early here, folks. Um, you know, there's one thing that I really liked last night was like how competitive he was and how he stayed kind of stayed in the game despite, you know, what was going on. Um, you know, 10K shows the ability that you got, you can mix your pitches. The misses, let's talk about these misses that he had last night. So he misses with a slider to Joey Wendell. That was 83 middle of the plate. Um, bad pitch, and Wendell took him deep, and, and rightfully so. It was a pretty bad miss. Then you had a Garrett Cooper fastball that was second or third time to the line later in the game. That was 93, just over the plate, and, and you know he's able to take it for uh, – not deep, but able to, to take it for a ride. And, you, you know, you're you got you're going to miss sometimes. That's totally fair. The start would have been good enough to keep him in the game. But this is a guy that they want and hope can be somewhat of an elite-level pitcher. And, and, that, and um, I think what separates a lot of guys – is how you pitch later into games, right? Second, third time around through the order, how our team is doing against you. That's always played guys uh, like Joe Ross. It's played guys like Eric Fetty. But the greats really figure out 
how to work late in games after guys have seen them a good amount. Now they've got, he's got a pitch arsenal that he can mix. That'll be good enough. And his, his pitching has been pretty strong. Your numbers are, are pretty good for him. I know ERA is over four, but there's a lot of positives like, and also it should be under four. Once again, that last run last night, I'll see Escobar should have gotten that. We can talk about that position later, but for a team that's got so much uncertainty, I think this was another positive sign. This should have been a game that was really close. Talk about the offense in a second as well. But, you know, for a team that's not having their starting pitchers, keeping them in baseball games, that's an effort. Gets, it was good enough to keep a team in a game. If your offense shows up, you're right in it. You probably have a lead, whatever. But Josiah Gray last night to me, pretty cut and dry. It was a good enough start. And I think it's another good start for him. And I, now I'll say, you know, it's, he's starting to string those starts uh, together. That's what you like to see, you know, consecutive good starts. Last time out, five and a third, three hits. One run, it was a homer, eight Ks. Start before that, five innings, one hit, five Ks, three walks, no runs allowed. So he's had three, I think, very strong starts consecutively. The Nationals have won two of those games and should have been in it last night. So Josiah Gray, even though the numbers, you know, the, the runs might not reflect it, I thought it was still a good night because he, he performed well. And also there were there were lessons to be learned about the, the pitches that he missed. That slider to me, it's not it's not a pitch that's fast enough where he's going to be able to miss a whole lot. Um, when you're at 83 right there on that slider. I think it's around the average is what 84 for his slider velocity. You got to be a bit more crafty with that. If that pitch is not it's not got enough spin on it or it's in the wrong part of the plate, that's something that that most big league hitters are going to take advantage of. And so that's something he's got to learn. He's got to learn to develop that pitch and, and improve upon it. Um, all right, so Josiah Gray, thumbs up. I think we all agree that was a strong outing from him. That you know, and, and even though it's four runs, a lot to like from that outing kept him competitive in the game. Take a quick break here from our sponsors, then we'll talk about the offense last night, which had some moments was ultimately undone by some base running snafus, uh, if you will. All right, quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens. If you guys just want to start your day off better, you guys want to feel better when you wake up in the morning and get yourself going, uh, try Athletic Greens. It's one scoop a day in cold water, and it promotes things such as gut health. It promotes uh, you know mental acuity and awareness, alertness, and there's none of that crap in there. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while once again, still tasting good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery as well. And right now, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash network. That's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. So, you know, last the game yesterday, um, the Nationals scored two runs. You might say more of the same, but actually on the hitting front, I think things went pretty well for them yesterday in the hitting department. Uh, The problem, the things that they really undid them was a base running here as I turn my notes. And so uh, Gary DeSarcina is going to take, you know, a lot of heat for what happened yesterday, especially with Josh Bell. That was the problem um, for them. And 
this came when the Nationals were trying to, uh, you know, get back into this baseball game. Forgetting, totally forgetting what innings it was yesterday. Um, but in the fourth inning, yeah, the, the fourth inning. So they send Josh Bell home, and he's clearly not 110% there uh, with the hamstring. It's been bothering him. It's been nagging him. And in that situation, they send him home, and he's thrown out at home off a Kaber Ruiz single. Then Michael Franco singles, and they send uh, Yadier Hernandez just blows through a stop sign, and he gets thrown out at home. So the Nationals have two situations there where they get hits with runners in scoring position, which is pretty rare for them, and they they blow them both. The reason why, you know, it was interesting to hear Dave Martinez after the game. He says, we're pressing. We're trying to score runs. Our offense has not been good enough lately. So what do we do? We're trying to manufacture offense in any way, shape, or form that we can. And sending guys in that situation, the form of Josh Bell, you know, I think was their way of trying to do it. But you could tell he was clearly knackered. And running on the way home, you know, it was just not going to, it was not going to go well. And you wonder maybe if they give him the day off uh, because of that. You know, I'm not sure what the pain level is for him right now, but maybe that's something that leads you to give him a day off. Yadiel Hernandez just blowing through a stop sign. Look, I know you want to be aggressive. I know you want to manufacture runs, but you've got to be smarter about it. Um, and the it get caught the cost the Nationals because they really weren't able to generate uh, a ton of offense the rest of the way. That was a two run game at that point in time, and uh, you know against a guy like I get against a guy like Sandy Alcantara, you want to try and do things like that. But Nationals were actually able to, to to do pretty well offensively, I think, against him. They end up managing uh, six hits, struck out uh, he struck out five, but I, I thought they were uh, you know. Uh, putting some relative pressure on him. The Nats went four for nine with runners in scoring position last night. Uh, Franco one for one, Bell one for two, Ruiz one for one, Hernandez one for one. So they got guys hitting with runners in scoring position. They just weren't scoring uh, uh, enough last night. And Soto had a really good game last night, one for two with two walks. Uh, Nelson Cruz got a hit. Josh Bell is one for three with a walk as well. K-Bear Ruiz two for four. He's streaky. But, um, you know, they were able to actually hit like one through seven. Everybody got hits last night in the order. So that was a positive. But they, they're they just – you can just tell how desperate the Nationals are for runs. And that's why I think it came up with some of the aggression. But Hernandez missed the stop sign. Really no excuse for that. And then sending Bell home. I get what DeSarcina is trying to do. But uh, Dave Martinez mentioned after the game, he said, look – we got to be a bit more smart with that. So you appreciate the efforts. You appreciate the wanting to score the runs, but it it didn't manifest itself last night. So there are positives, but this is a team, you know, errors like that are going to cost them. Uh, LCD is dropping the ball is going to cost them. Base running error is going to cost them. They're just not a very good team. So in games like this, the margin for error is a bit smaller than it is for other teams. That's just the reality of it right now. All right, one more thing to get to. On the show today, it's a quick chat about Luis Garcia and uh, Alcides Escobar. But first, one more word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to Built.com today. That's Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 
L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off at Built.com. Plenty of new flavors there today. They've got uh, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and they're always putting out new flavors as well. Most Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, uh, and they're good and they're good for you. They taste like a candy bar, but they don't have the same you know, amounts of sugar or calories, uh, net carbs, as a candy bar does. Once again, go to Built.com today. That's Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5-4. 15% off on your first order. All right, so there's been a lot of conversation about Luis Garcia and whether or not it is time for the Nationals to bring him up. Um, he has had, and, and Matt, our friend Matt Wyrick wrote about this. Uh, our, our friend Max Raymond wrote about this over at District on Deck. Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. We just had him on the show the other day to pa- talk Patrick Corbin. Um, so Luis Garcia is really just tearing the cover off the ball right now in triple a that is just that, that, you know, it's another way to put right now in triple a hitting 360 with a 407 on base. He's hit four homers. He's got 12 runs driven in so far this season, a 1.020 OPS in 75 ABs. I think the concern about him is the fielding, right? That's where people are really uh that's where the, that's where the concerns are for him so far, especially this season. He's made four errors so far at shortstop in 2022. Now he's played four games at second, which we're that's where the Nationals have seen him a lot, at least in the Nationals. But um, you know, so so the errors he's got to work on, turning double plays obviously is something he's got to work on. I think defensively, they don't feel like he's ready for the big leagues. But, you know, the Nationals, I mean, if you're fine with Alcides Escobar holding on to that spot, that's I guess that's okay because you don't want to be very good. But he has been a disaster. Uh, has not got a hit in his last four games. Um, he had a streak against the Pirates in Arizona where, you know, he got four hits in three games. But his average has been below – uh, 200 since opening since the day after opening day. Um, he has not gotten himself above 200. He's hitting 123 right now with a 194 on base percentage. He and Robles, the bottom of the lineup, are not doing much. The one thing is they don't necessarily have a replacement for Victor Robles ready and available. They do for Luis Garcia, or at least they they hope that they do. So now it becomes a balancing act of do you want to rush him back? Do you want to, um, you know, rush him back? But do you want to get him up back up to the majors just to see what he's got in that middle infield? Do you want him to keep getting the experience at shortstop because you've played him so much at second base in the majors? So do you want him to keep getting the reps? Yeah, I I think there are good points on both sides. Now, this team desperately needs an offensive lift, but like to what end, right? What does it mean to give yourself an offensive lift? This is... These are the tough conversations that we're going to have all year about guys like, uh, you know, Luis Garcia, guys maybe like even like Donovan Casey, guys, you know, like uh, um, uh, Cade Cavalli. These are the guys that we're going to be talking about at the AAA level or the minor leagues, you know, that, that we have to ask, okay, what's the schedule? What's the time frame? What are we looking at for getting these guys and moving them up? The good news for Nats fans 
is that uh, Garcia and um, uh, Brady House have both been really tearing the cover off the ball in their respective minor league seasons. So that is positive. That's good news. But, you know, this, this does bring up the conversation of, hey, what's the next step here? What, 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 you know, what, what do we do with this? Especially when you got a guy at AAA who's got major league experience, Luis Garcia. Like, is it time to make the call? Or is it because he's 21 years old? You know, are, are we going to – uh, are we going to wait on this? And I think, you know, the the, the time, but it doesn't really feel like the time is now. I mean, uh, Garcia is going to be 22 next month, but, you know, and I know the Nationals fans, maybe like Juan Soto, we all know he's special, but I think maybe just in the back of our minds, we've seen young guys succeed with the Nationals. So maybe we're thinking, hey, why, why, why not? Why can't we bring him up? Why can't the Nationals pull him up and, and use him now? But I think patience might be the best, cor- best course of action. I'm going to see if we can talk to Max Raymond and discuss maybe his thoughts about why they make the change now. But I think the fans want to see it. I think if you're thinking long-term, maybe it's better they don't do it. There's two conflicting sides there. Maybe the offense just desperately needs it so bad. Uh, you know, you know, they just need that potential lift. I, I, there's a lot of different arguments, and I want to explore this further. That will do it for today's show, though. Two more games coming up in this series between the Nationals. Um, and the Marlins uh, at Nats Park for the Nationals end up hitting the road. They go to San Francisco first on the road trip, then to Colorado, and then Los Angeles. But they've got 7.05 tonight. It's Eric Fetty against Pablo Lopez in Game 2 of the series and a getaway game, 1 o'clock, uh, 1.05 on uh, Thursday. All right, so that will do it for this show. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore Find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. So next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.